Grand Moff Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. Okay, it is a... Not another. It's the first official <laughs> episode, bonus episode of Grand no, Moff Tarkin. Isn't this going to be our second bonus? Yeah, this is going to be the second bonus. But I want to leave all that in. Good. <laughs> Do whatever you want. You're the editor. I'm at your whim. Yeah. Z. But this is... It's like Jake's parents. Slightly <laughs> less delicately curated long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars Expanded Universe. Ooh. Brought to you Don't you lovingly. mean extended? <laughs> no. <laughs> in lovingly weekly increments. I'm off now. Tailored to the modern Jake. James Arnold week. Taylor. Did you say I'm off now? <laughs> James Ar Arnold Taylor. <laughs> Brought oh. to you lovingly in weekly increments by this week, the loquacious yet soothing voice of our friend Jake. Hey! hey. Wait, is it just going to be my voice? <laughs> I'm not it's talking yours? again. Oh, no, no, Riley's not talking right now. Neither am I. I checked the levels. We're good. I'm not going to talk anymore. We're really confused because you guys are both talking a You're, lot. Listeners, you are listening to Jake's inner monologue this week only. Oh, no, that can't be a thing. I already <laughs> talked way too much on Rogue One last week. Imagine if it was just a half hour of Jake flapping his big old, big old mouth. <laughs> yeah, imagine. <laughs> flapping my mouth hole flapper. Anyway, speaking of mouth holes, what we are doing this week <laughs> is we are starting our series of EU discussions. <laughs> we are talking about the battle of Odie no. Mandrell. Yeah. <laughs> what, what We're talking, talking about, about um, what this... Show is what this bonus podcast is. EU is talking about um, the legends, basically. I keep saying the legends; it's legends, but Love um, articles because I personally and, and most of us could use a little expanding of our knowledge of the expanded universe. Um, so yeah. we went, and we picked out kind of obscure Star Wars books. We're going to read them and then talk about those. Kind of do like a book report almost. <laughs> We actually have questions, basically, for, that you would need to fill out a middle school book report. That we're going to be talking. Literally about. googled book report like <laughs> outline, and this is one of the first Google results that came up. Right. So the book that I picked, just kind of randomly out of the bookstore, where'd was, you get it from? Well, <laughs> I don't know if we've talked about it before, but there's this local chain. And you know what? It's probably an international chain of delicately curated. <laughs> Bookstores called Half Price Books, they have cheap books for like 50 cents. And so they have a whole... Is it usually like half of the like the cover price? It's usually half of the cover price, but usually you're getting books that were like the 18th reprint of a Star Wars book. And so the cover price was only like $6 to begin with. Well. So I picked up a bunch of old, obscure, to me, obscure Star Wars books. I didn't get like Heir to the Empire. I picked out... Young Jedi Knights Return to Ord Mantell. Oh. Now, let me tell you something about this book. I got it because I didn't want to start in the middle of a trilogy because that didn't seem like a fair way to judge a book series, <laughs> which is what I did with the um, Empire's End stuff, or Aftermath <laughs> oh. in the new canon. So the, at the very top of this, it says, first in an all-new trilogy. So I was like, great, I'm jumping into something fresh. No. It's the 12th book yeah, in the Young you, Jedi Knights yeah, you can't. <laughs> So basically, you picked up in like a like an ongoing comic series. You picked up like issue twenty nine that starts like a new it starts part. a new arc. Yeah, new arc. but it does not. The but you're missing you're missing a lot of things. Right. Yeah. I was looking for an annual. I got in beginning of an arc. So yeah. that's unfortunately what I got. So context be darned. Yeah. Right. So we're gonna be talking about this uh, so called book. Book is a strong word to describe. <laughs> Return to Ord Mantell. Is this an adult novel, <laughs> buddy? I'm gonna tell you something right now. It's a young adult novel. Oh. And this is getting into something that really bothers me. 
I'm a proponent of young adult literature. I don't know what that means. I like young adult literature. I think What's it's, the other stance you could take? <laughs> being vehemently opposed to young adult literature. You know, it's some people who become literary snobs and things like that start to look down upon young adult Where are you literature. in that progression? I am a literary snob, but I really <laughs> respect good young adult literature because I think that's an important time in a young person's life where generally they start to fall away from liking when to read. your body's changing... Your body's changing. Your eyes start to not be good at reading anymore. <laughs> you got acne coming out your butt. Eyes, oh. So, <laughs> so I think it's good when an author puts the same level of craft that they would into a regular adult novel into a young adult novel. Like a Claudia Gray wrote um, Lost Stars. Mm-hmm. And what's the author of the Ahsoka novel, which is a young adult novel? in E.K. Johnston. There you go. Great book. Well written. Lost mm-hmm. Stars, a lot of people say that's the best of the new canon. It's very good. Just from a prose point of view. <sighs> Return to Ord Mantell gets <laughs> into a thing where authors use the young adult uh, you know, label to just make it <laughs> lazy writing. <laughs> and th- this book is so full of that. It's the most lazily written piece of garbage I've ever read. <laughs> it's so terrible. Where should we start with this? Oh, do we want to do the book report? Thing? Am I going to ask you these questions, or are we going to... Yeah, now, you know what I should try to do first, is I should try to see if I can summarize it. Let me pull up my notes for this for this book, because it's one of these things where the writing is just not good, the quality of the writing is not good, and because of that, it's really challenging to read, because your eye just gets caught every few words, you're like, what? Just the composition of the sentences is really awkward, and... They have their thesaurus out when they're writing, like, oh, wait, I should use a big word for the kids. Like loquacious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not like us. We don't Who would do that. Do that? <laughs> <laughs> this idiot who wrote this book. Do you have anything nice um, to say about this book right off the top? Let's do that. Let's do this first. I meant to do this right off the bat. Once again, professional podcasters High donate points, to our Patreon. <laughs> so let's say this. This is a book written by Kevin J. Anderson and Rebecca Moesta. Um, M-O-E-S-T-A. Really a who's who of the young adult. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, not exactly Judy Picoult writing this one. It took Judy two Blue? It took two people to write this little number. How many? came out in 1998, so mm-hmm. before The Phantom oh. Menace came out. And, um, it was a great year of our Lord. Sure it was. <laughs> hey, as good as any of them. And now I'm going to say not as good as 1999, when a little movie called The Phantominus oh. came, a movie that changed the world. <laughs> the- um, now this book, let me see if I can summarize it. Because what I was noticing as I was reading it, is I was like, is this the story? No. They're onto a different thing. Is this what the story's about? Mm. No. And by the end of the book, I was like, wait, it wasn't about <laughs> anything. So the, <laughs> as far as I know, because you guys did not read this book, no, I should I've say never, that. This I've is purely that my one, report yeah. On this thing. So this book starts off with Zek. Yeah. Is that a character? Zek Breath. Zek. Zek Breath. <laughs> As I called him to myself to make me enjoy the book more. I just imagined Zek Breath. It starts off with the one of my least favorite cliches in all of... It generally happens in action movies. Um, I think it'd be happened at the beginning. <laughs> it'd be happened. <laughs> it'd be happened at the beginning of one of the X-Men movies, it happens at the beginning of so many movies where the heroes are fighting against this impossible threat and one of them dies and then someone says, end simulation. Oh. Okay, so this book starts with Zek Bref. He's fighting a sentient tree. Nice. Oh. Um, it's literally 
just a tree. <laughs> it doesn't talk. It's so just it's a tree. Like the, does it have a name? Grandmother Willow from Pocahontas. Like, What's it, its name? Um, is oh, it? the tree. Oh, okay. So it's oh, the tree. Okay. Okay. I <laughs> Not even the, Joshua? I'm I looking at the <laughs> Joshua, a, a fine name for a tree, as far as I'm concerned. And yet, the tree. So you're reading the beginning of this. I don't know who Zek is. He, through, I think he's a young Jedi Knight. Yeah, sure. Through the most tiresome and clumsy exposition, he's talking to himself. Use the Force. Don't fall into the easy temptation to the dark side of the Force, which may tempt you. And kind of explaining to the reader what the Force is through really kind of awkward means. He's fighting this tree who, like, slashes it with venom tentacles and it poisons him when he's, like, dying. And then Luke's, like, end simulation. (laughs) It's not a simulation, but he's basically fine. And it was all just a trial on Yavin 4, which I guess is where the Jedi Academy is. Yep. Because there was only eight planets mentioned well, in the original because we've trilogy. heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, that's a big theme in this book. So anyway, I'll, I'll speed up this this plot summation. Uh, Zek has nothing to do with the book. Uh, it starts <laughs> off <laughs> on the Jedi Academy, and you think, oh, is this a book about fighting trees? No. Mm-mm. Then cuts to Yavin Four. Luke is giving a little speech to a new round of young Jedi knights, including Jason, Jaina, and Tenelka. Tenacle, tentacle. I don't know Ten- what her name. Tentaclaw. Tentaclaw, and um, various other people with silly names. So you think, oh, this is going to be a book about these guys and their Jedi training? No. No. Han Solo shows up and he's like, Uh-oh. hey, and they're like, dad. Hey, and I didn't know that these were Han Solo's kids because I have very little knowledge of the mm. expanded universe. So Han Solo comes and uh, sees one of his uh, old friends who happens to be there, who had emerged from the shadows randomly to say something ominous, like a thing that happens in movies where somebody's talking, like, hey, we need to go to the store. And then somebody walks out of the shadow, or the mall. And they're like, <gasps> So this guy comes out of the shadows and does that annoying cliche. On Yavin On Yavin 4. It's one of Han Solo's old friends. He also randomly shows up for no reason, talks to this guy. This guy mentions Ord Mantel, and that there's a race coming up soon. And Han's like, we should go there. And... His kids are like, yay, family vacation time. Um, Han Solo is thinking to himself, well, this is a really dangerous place, and I used to be tangled up in a lot of bad things with the bounty hunters on this planet. Um, but let's go anyway. So they go. Did mom go too? No. She is doing government stuff. Is basically the only explanation that you get. They go to Ord Mantell. They remind you that it is Ord Mantell every two seconds. Everything is described as Ord Mantellian this, Ord Mantellian that. And they go there and... Please, please tell me they drink like Ord Mantellian wine or something. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. They, they they definitely do. Uh, it might even be Ord Mantellian wine. I'm, yeah, I'm, I I think bet. you're actually... <laughs> I know. The, I, I, this <laughs> I think that's a thing. That this is an educated guess. I'm sure they say yeah. Ord Mantellian wine. Absolutely. They looked up at the Ord Mantellian sky. Every every three paragraphs once they get there is mentioning that name. They're so proud of it. It's like if you went to Texas and was like, look at the Texas sky. Look at the Texas water. Look at the Texas ground. You think, okay, well, there's, there's going to be some shady stuff that happens with people in Han's past. Um, that's sort of true. First, they do a test run around the racetrack because there's this big race. It's like a pod race. It's like Boon to Eve, but the day before... There's a test race. Han Solo has the quote-unquote honor of being the guy to test out the track. He takes all of his kids with him. This is in the Falcon? In the car? This is in the Falcon. Okay. Oh. So they, <laughs> in a big SUV. 
<laughs> so they're flying, right? Well, someone has planted mines, oh, and no. they almost explode, but don't. That's so good. everything's fine. But there was an assassination attempt. So you think, oh, that's what the book's about. Someone tried to assassinate Han Solo. No. They run the real race the next day oh, anyway, good. and everything's fine for everybody. <laughs> but how, how but, was there any... Uh, like trepidation as to whether we should run this race or not? Did they cover that? They kind of brushed past it because they... No, they don't even explain it. They're just like, that was scary. There must be an assassination attempt. Cut to the next day. The race is starting. The race starts. Han Solo has to push a button to start the race, and everybody is explaining to him, you must not mess up the pushing of this button. It's very important to our people. And it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek moment, but it's also just weird. He pushes a button. The race starts, and um, you are just reading a really boring description of the race. Some random person swoops in to first place, and they're like, whoa, who was that? That person wasn't even supposed to be here. And it's Zek mm. and Lobaka. Oh, Lobaka. And 3DMC, the robot. Yeah. What's Love his name? M3PO. I started calling her 3DMC. That's my DJ name. Right. And Tenelka. Yeah, okay. Are in the... Now, how could she fly with only one arm? That seems difficult. <laughs> we'll get to the one arm thing. So You probably don't recognize because of the one arm. <laughs> so they win the race, uh, and they have some Orwellian wine or whatever. <laughs> George Orwellian yeah. wine. Uh, that's, so this is, we're now almost nearing 100 pages into the book. <laughs> Nothing, has, Nothing happened. has happened. The kids are like, hey, remember that assassination attempt that happened? Let's go look at that. So they go where the mines were. They meet. Uh, they're examining these mines. They figure out that they're duds, but they were supposed to explode. And as this happens, monsters start attacking them. They're like chameleon monsters. From out of nowhere, a person comes from the shadows and starts helping them. They don't know who it is. This person's name is Anja Garbellini or something. Galandro. Anja Case. Galandro. Won't get off. Won't get off your case. Sure. <laughs> oh, oh boy. They fight off these chameleon creatures. Anja. Uh, Han Solo comes to rescue the kids. She sees Han Solo as like, you, I hate you. They, she thinks that he killed her dad. He, she convinces him and the kids to go help her people back on her home planet who are in a civil war. They go and they solve the civil war. That's the plot <laughs> summary. And there's so much stuff that happens and nothing happens. That was a long plot summary. We went from race to helping you in your civil war. In one book? In one book, and it's like the last... So 100 pages in, I wrote this down, is when they go to the place where the actual story supposedly begins, which isn't Ord Mantell, by the way. (laughs) I have literally one million questions. The first is, is, are we introduced to Zek in the beginning simply to see him again in the race? Yes. Oh, so that's the two two pockets of storytelling we get Zek. The Zek pockets, indeed. (laughs) So basically... It starts off with Zek fighting a... Because what's happened with him, I gather it is, he was once a dark Jedi, mm-hmm. and oh. he gave up his dark Jedi ways and is now trying to become a Jedi. He got his lightsaber taken away from him. Because he was a bad boy? Because he was a, he's yeah. a bad little boy. And so he was just fighting the tree with a stick <laughs> in his fists. <laughs> that seems like... Which is true. <laughs> hey, that's like in Rebels when Sabine had to use the stick. Kanan made her use a stick. God, wow, that's kind of true. Do yeah. you think that they used that as inspiration? Was Filoni just leafing about through his personal library? Like, eh, that's a good idea. We should use this instead of Indiana Jones for the 977th time. Wow, hot takes on Dave Filoni. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so you're introduced to Zach, and then he has nothing to do with, with the story for a long time. Um, what... I was thinking about this. I was thinking about Bloodlines. That's my favorite of the new canon so far, which is also mm-hmm. written by Claudia Gray. Very good. That book is so good because it's a book where not... There's not like a big explosive... Uh, well, there's a couple explosions. There's, a, there's some explosions. <laughs> sure. I started off with the wrong sentiment. Yep. But is there a big explosive like culmination of like craziness and a big war and space and no no No, it's all it's all like in the senate there's like a chase scene that happens at one point but it's fascinating to read because although nothing happens so much happens all these little details are so fascinating in the conflict with the within the government but this book it's all huge action scenes and, and craziness and yet nothing happens the entire book none of it's connected in any meaningful way and that's what's really frustrating about it. Is it I, almost like people think that the good thing about Star Wars is the explosions and nothing else? Yes. And and here's another problem. So much of this book is exposition. I am going to say, if you cut out all the exposition of this book, there it would be 50 pages long. Yeah. Because it starts off, there's like a whole chapter of, um, I almost said Mark Hamill, <laughs> Luke Skywalker, <laughs> Of just him explaining what Star Wars is, basically, and recapping A New Hope for some reason, mm-hmm. even though this is the twelfth book in a series. So, okay, I'm gonna give you a little bit of exposition. I took some screen caps of um, things. In fact, you know what? After this, we're gonna play a game that I devised. But I saw Anakin's in oh, it too. Oh, I you forgot. Didn't, you didn't tell me Anakin's also. <laughs> well, in it. his Whoa. presence is not particularly important. <laughs> yes. Which Anakin? Solo. Solo. I'm sure. This was baffling to me. So Han Solo and Leia Organa got married, and they named their kid Anakin after Solo. Darth Vader. That's yes. the dumbest thing I've ever Which, heard. Which, that might be, like, the biggest contradiction between Legends and New Canon oh, as yeah. to how Leia feels toward her uh, biological Leia's father. Right. like, ashamed of her dad, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if not ashamed, worried about the political consequences of people finding out that Darth Vader was her father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she lings into it fully without ever meeting the guy. She's... And- more dramatically interesting route, I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, this is, I, I definitely expanded universe. I feel like kind of carried our sentiments towards Star Wars instead of maybe what the characters actually thought in universe because they talked about that before how uh, Luke, Leia, and Han became intergalactic celebrities after the yeah, Battle of Endor, which happened in our universe, but that probably wouldn't happen in Star Wars necessarily. That's the that's the thing is this really makes you appreciate the direction of the new canon because. What you realize is it is not interesting to hear about Han Solo as a governmental emissary. No. It's weird. Yeah. As a emissary of the New Republic, he has to say it a few times. It's like, that's not what Han Solo would mm. say. That's something someone with a very basic knowledge of humanity like would say, like, well, of course Tom Hanks should be our U.S. ambassador. People, <laughs> people overseas know who Tom Hanks is. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So it's just a little weird. Okay, so this is an example of really clumsy exposition. Here we go. It's really awkward. And it's just and just talking in a way that no person would ever talk. So they established Ord Mantell. We're gonna go there as a family vacation. Han Solo has established um, a lot of smugglers hang out there. So starting passage now. If it's a smugglers hangout, you probably spent some time there between derbies, right, Dad? Jason asked. Before you became respectable, I mean. Han Solo laughed. Plenty of times, Jason. I never tried to hide my checkered past from you all. <laughs> Doesn't seem to bother your mother anymore. After all, I learned some of my most useful skills when I was a smuggler and a crack pilot. Even studied at the Imperial Academy for a while. All that stuff in my past is part of who I am. The things I learned made me a vital asset to the Rebellion when we fought the Empire. I don't spend time regretting what I've done in my life so long as I can use it now to help the people I love. 
So, that's like 20 pages into the book that that happens. I'll, I have literally one million questions about this, too. The first... <laughs> I zoned out. Honestly, it was so boring. So I zoned bad. out. The whole book's like Would that. anyone in real life refer to themselves as both a crack pilot and a vital <laughs> asset to anything at all? For I any was reason? a vital asset. Can you imagine Harrison Ford saying vital asset? No. It's he would change. Like asset. He was notorious for changing bad dialogue to just whatever he wanted to say. He would have changed his dialogue like, by throwing it in a fire. Yeah, because it just like it, you can't say that and sound... Yeah, so this kind of stuff happens all the time. Okay, I want to play a game with you guys. Okay, ooh, I'm so excited. Okay, games. I'm this game. first. We'll call this game... <laughs> I want a buzzer. We're going to call this game Real or Jake. Real or Jake. Because or, oh boy. <laughs> I'm going to read you two things, and you have to determine, is this a thing that I wrote making fun of this book? How many of these do you have? actual passage from the book? We're just going to do one. All right. Um, early game at all. Yeah. That's just a thing. Well, we want these episodes to be shorter. <laughs> no, I don't. First passage. Come, Han Solo. You are the Grand Marshal. You must be on the upper platform to greet our winners as they arrive back from the cometary cloud. The other ships will straggle in, but you must be there to wave and shake their hands. Dot, dot, dot. Or appendages. <laughs> so that's a passage. Passage two. You'd better explain yourself, Jason said. Sure, we're glad you helped us out, but how dare you go accusing my father of murder? Both are true. Both are real. Well, the, the thing is, like... <laughs> what do you I, think, Isaac? I thought I really had it down when you read the first one, but then I was like, oh, these are the same. <laughs> I want to say... Let's say that the first one is Jake. Uh, Riley was right. They're both they're from both the book. Right. Oh, <laughs> they're just so bad. No kidding. <laughs> they're both from the book. Dot, 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 appendages. appendages. That's what sold me. There are should that be the bonus episode podcast name? <laughs> dot, 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 appendages. We should name them just a, a quote from the show. So, yeah, that is, is part of the problem is there's all these really weird attempts at humor. Because what you realize is there's no character to any of these kids. They're mm. all just precocious children. Tenelka is the closest, but her only character trait is that she is uh, a fighter, which they all are because they're yeah, all Jedi they're Knights. All Jedi. And she has one arm, which she, isn't really a character trait. She comes trait. from a species that is all about fighting. Her only her, character trait is that yeah. she doesn't use contractions. Instead of saying <laughs> yeah. don't, she says do not. Yeah. That's the only difference yeah. in her character. It's like the yeah. slow wide receiver who's gritty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's, yeah, by the way, just like 150 pages into this book, they casually mention that Tenelka has one arm because she lost it in a fight with Against Jason. Jason. Yeah, Jason accidentally That's a crazy detail. Of, yeah. At one point... Han recaps using Luke's lightsaber to open a, a, a oh no, oh no, tauntaun? a tauntaun on a hoth. They recap that. They don't recap the part where these two now friends, one of them chop the other person's well, arm no, off. No, because you, you're supposed to read the first 11 books, Jake. You can't just jump in. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's crazy how much, how much importance... Uh, you you don't realize how much the prequel trilogy expanded the lore of Star Wars. There was so little to go oh, off of because yeah. of the original trilogy. I mean, mm -hmm. they're... There just wasn't a lot there no. in terms of mythology. So, the conflict. What would you guess the conflict is, uh, judging by what I told you about the plot? I mean, I guess it would be the race? Should be, like, something happened? Or, or I guess, like, that, that, that woman, Anja, I think you said... Something about her and the race would be my my. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess she was the assassin or someone on her demand was the assassin. Yeah, I feel. I guess the the safe bet to me is that because we're returning to Ord Mantell, like we're gonna go there and Han Solo 
is going to run into someone from his past who may have uh, a score to settle with the old, Han Solo. The old bounty hunter that he ran into, maybe. You are you are correct, Isaac. Oh. Uh, however, it has nothing to do with the book. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you meet Anja. The kids are fighting these chameleon creatures. They describe them almost like the uh, like zombies from I Am Legend, almost, oh, like the okay. way they look. And there's a bunch of them. They're totally outnumbered. The kids are going to die. Then Anja shows up um, and helps them fight off these creatures. And then Han Solo shows up. He kindly invites her into the Millennium Falcon, even though she says, I'm going to kill you. That's nice of him. Well, then other people from like the planet show up, and he's like, let's go in the Millennium Falcon so we can have a little talk about this in peace. <laughs> so she's like, okay. So she holds off on her murder for a minute, goes off in the Millennium Falcon, and they just have a casual conversation. There's like 17 pages of exposition, and I can't tell if this is stuff that has happened in the previous books, or if this is information that I'm supposed to be hearing for the first probably time. Probably stuff that's happened. Probably, right? Anja says, you killed my dad. Hansel's like, not really. I mean, he died, and I was around, but it wasn't my fault. And she's like, bah, and leaves. <laughs> um, is that lifted straight from the page? She goes, yeah, basically. Mm. It, it does describe her at one point using whoops of challenge. <laughs> whoops. Whoops of challenge whoops while of fighting challenge. a horde of enemies. So she goes... <laughs> After that, she doesn't kill them. It's like my uh, favorite 10,000 Maniacs album. <laughs> Whoops, Whoops challenge. challenge. She, she, she doesn't kill them, even though she wanted to, and he didn't really do anything to allay her fears. She basically says, you're too insignificant for me to kill, because oh. he kind of describes his scumbag past. Well, she goes and talks to the Snoke of this book, mm. which is this mysterious overlord named Suzethros. Say that again. Suzethros. Okay. Suzethros. Spelled C. Are there apostrophes? Z E T H R O S. Oh, I forgot an important part. So as they're fighting these enemies, right? She kills a chameleon. She has a lightsaber that she stole from somebody. As the chameleon creature is dying, one of them dies, and this is what the book says: an insignia of a black circle with designs around it appears. Mm -hmm. Black sun. Just designs. <laughs> no matter what they are, a black circle with designs. Did you know Paul? Black Sun? Yeah. First of all, did you know that Charles Dickens was paid by the word? <laughs> so was Kevin J. Anderson. But my, so was Kevin James. My question is, was Kevin J. Anderson paid by the word? Because I would not think so if he's just gonna stop at designs. <laughs> designs, yeah. I don't know, man. Most of these words don't have anything to do with the book. So okay. <laughs> so there's a hint there that there, this might have something to do with Black Sun. Mm -hmm. I do know just through osmosis about Black Sun. Designs, um, but they're like little triangles around the black sun. How hard would it have been to say triangles? Say triangles? <laughs> How yeah. hard would that have been? <laughs> Too far. <laughs> and why would these creatures have an insignia that appears as they're dying? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. So anyway, after she fights them, Han Solo lets her go. Rah. She goes and she's jonesing for some drugs because that's a good thing for a kid's book. <laughs> she goes and sees Sergevros and he's like, Ah, good, you met Han Solo. Did you tell him that he should go to help those people on the Civil War of their planet? And she's like, yes, I did. Because that's what she did. When, when she's in this Millennium Falcon, she's saying, you're so cowardly, I'll bet she wouldn't even go to this planet. She kind of baits him into, and guilts him, because she, he feels bad about his past, into going. So Suzette Rose is like, did you... Did he take the bait? She's like, yes, he's going to go there. He's like, excellent. He'll never get off that planet alive. Now, here's your drugs. Keep on going after them and making sure that everything goes according to plan. Now, hang on a second. Her plan, and here's what else she says. She says, well, 
My plan to get revenge to kill him might not work out now. I really took a bullet for you, for your plan. They both want him to die. She had an opportunity to kill him and all of his kids. It's not the right she way. She didn't take it. What matter is it how he dies? Okay, because this is what's happening, is this mysterious Black Sun leader is leading Han Solo into a trap. He was the assassin who planted the mines on the racetrack, which he could have flown over, by the way. <laughs> so they go to the planet Anobis. This is where the Civil War is. Um, she joins them. She takes her drugs. It describes how wonderful drugs are. Yeah, spice. And if you're wondering, by the way, if there's an anti-drug message in this book, no. <laughs> she just <laughs> takes drugs, has a great time. It describes the euphoria that she has, and there's no consequences ever for her no drug kidding. use. She just gets paid in drugs. Does it, does it say fine. which drug specifically? Is it oh, glitter stem or... Something that starts with an A, spice. Armpit spice. An armpit spice. I don't remember. A spice. Which spice girl was that armpit spice? Was that the, <laughs> was that the secret keyboardist? <laughs> so anyway, it, it's Galandro, by the way, her last name. So Andra, Andra Galandro. <laughs> Andra Galandro. These Whoa. names roll up. <laughs> That's great. Andra Mayalu. These names really fly off the tongue. Chuck Wendig came over that. So they all fly together. Anja, (laughs) Galandro, and now Zek, and Loey, and Mm -hmm. 3DMC, (laughs) and Jason, and Anakin, and and Jaina, Jaina, and Han Solo are all in the Millennium Falcon going to cannabis (laughs) to go stop this civil war from happening. So as they're flying there... They are immediately in entering Animus's atmosphere. Some ship tries to attack them by throwing more mines out the back. If you had to guess, I'm going to give you true or false. The ship's name that has this potential assassin in it, and the assassin then goes, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to almost kill you. Uh, his name is like, uh, Lamasil or something. Um, true or false. The ship name is, uh, the lightning rod. True. I'm going to say true because... False! Oh, it's shit. the rude awakening. Oh, that's so much better. They go to the planet, <laughs> get a rude awakening. The ship's name is rude awakening. Zex's ship is the lightning rod. What do you know? Is it Ava Bush? Oh, it might be. Because that is literal space cannabis. Okay. It really it's definitely is, yeah. some, something A, spice. They almost get killed by this dude. Um, his name... Is um Lilmit. Lilmit. <laughs> like Lil Romeo, but Lil Mitt. Lil Mitt. Like little baseball mitt. Hey. And he's like, hey, sorry. And then they go away. <laughs> so they board this guy's ship, because Han Solo's like, hey, why'd you try to kill us? And he's like, sorry. Turns out he had illegal weapons, and Han Solo takes him and they just fly away. The- Han Solo leaves the ship. Bye. Guess who comes on Lil Mitt's? View screen. Job of the Hut. He says, did you tell them about my secret evil plans? He's like, no. He's like, good. Because there's going to be more traps on the planet. And we're like, cool. Kill him already. Right, exactly. He had him alone in a ship with a bunch of bombs. (laughs) He's blown away. Okay. And why does this guy... And also, he says, like, Shesros apparently doesn't want Anja to find... To know that Shethros works for Black Sun. Shethros doesn't want Anja to know that he himself works for Black Sun. Why does it matter? I don't get it. Turns out the whole conflict of this civil war is between farmers and mountain dwellers. They don't like each other. Is that what it's called in the book? Yes! Mountain dwellers? 
<laughs> yeah. Can, can every episode be this, please? Yes. I just want to do this for every episode. Yes, it will be this. <laughs> this is the show, guys. E U. Lusa. Is this stupid so show? Much. They meet. They, they go to the farmlands. Like, let's get both sides of the equation. Basically, their plan, the Solo family and friends' plan, is to solve this conflict through talking, <laughs> through Grandma talking, perhaps. Grandma talking. Oh. So they go and they. <laughs> Friends of the show. Talk to some farmers. <laughs> Friend of the show, Enos, one of the farmers from Anubis. He's like, I only have one leg because of all the terrible things that are happening from the mountain dwellers who lay traps down here. <laughs> they put huh? landmines everywhere. And the landmines are robotic and they move around underground oh. at random intervals, which is interesting. That's kind of cool, yeah. Um, they're talking to the farm guys and they're like, everything is so sad, we die all the time. <laughs> so as they're saying this, they see... Something in the distance. They see a farmer uh, running. And no, is it even a farmer? It I could be a mountain dweller. It's a, okay, it's a gnar. Mm. K-N-A-A-R. Like gnarly? It's mm. gnar. So uh, these gnars. First of all, it's just a farmer. A farmer runs across this field. It's so confusing. This book is so terrible. In the distance. Imagine the scene of Krennic and the Death Troopers, mm -hmm. like that kind of feel. That's kind of where they're at. Yeah. It's that kind of farming place. Okay. So out in the distance where Krennic is, they're standing at the Urso home. They see Krennic walking up. Krennic just blows up. That's kind of what happens, right? <laughs> and they see him just blow up. And so they just run out there like idiots. They know there's landmines. And, they <laughs> and they're like, what happened? And he's like, and then this young adult novel describes blood squirting out of him and convulsing until he dies. This really grotesque way of describing but his death. But they can't describe designs. Right, exactly. <laughs> Triangle's a little too tough for <laughs> too far. Kevin J. Triangle. Anderson and Rebecca Moesta. But, but spilling intestines is right up Yeah, describe uh, puke coming out of his eye sockets, <laughs> why don't you? So he blows up and he's like, they're coming for us because everything is sad all the time. And then he dies. And Enos is like, everything is still very sad. And then from the distance, NARS start coming, which are more nebulous, gray, boring aliens. Do they have dogs? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. And they have walls. So they, this horde of aliens is running. So what do they do but the entire village and the 20 characters that are in this book that don't get to do anything because there's no stinking story, all get in the Millennium Falcon. So now there's like 80 people in the Millennium Falcon. And they're flying toward... Meanwhile, I think Jaina is running on the ground fighting them with lightsabers or maybe Tenelkaw. I like Jaina a lot. Jaina's cool. Not, maybe not in this book, but she's like... She's she cool in Legends. She's cool. <clears throat> she's the coolest of the characters in this book, I would say. Oh, that's good. She gets the most cool stuff to do. The Millennium Falcon is flying at ground level... Shooting the NARS <laughs> and worrying about landmines. Has Kevin Anderson ever seen the Millennium Falcon? There are landmines! <laughs> Fly above them! <laughs> and you won't hit them because they're underground. <laughs> it's never explained why they would be worried about them. If you had to guess, what? how did they defeat the NARS? Just any practical Power thing you can think friendship. of. friendship. <laughs> Wrong. Uh, synthetic... Kyber crystals. I don't know. <laughs> I have no good guesses. I literally did Jake a spit take did and a spilled spit water spit. all over my pants. So, no. They just uh, stop attacking them. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Well, what happens is the NARS, the, the, the ship flies to the forest in the distance, and the NARS are like, whoa, we don't go in there, bro. 
Oh, no. It's so hard to say the Nari without trees. laughing. Oh, no. Trees. Trees. Well, what you come to find out You've is You've established that, that they're dangerous. Yeah. So the Whoa. woods are heavily booby-trapped by the mountain folk. Oh, no. So the Nars are smart enough to be like, yo, you know what's not gnarly? Them trees. <laughs> the you don't go in there. The scene of this book you said had a tree that one of the guys was playing. Yeah, I think. Hey, if you we, thought that was going to come back. Are we circling back? No. <laughs> oh, never mind. Sentient tree. Nothing to do with the book. Would have been cool. Would have made 100% really more cool. sense. You'd have been like, oh, everything's coming together now. No. <laughs> Guess uh, for, for literally no reason, uh, they decide to split up. Most of the crew is still in the Millennium Falcon, the whole village. And they're like, how can we possibly get back? We got past the landmine somehow, but we'll never be able to get back there now. Fly mm -hmm. is my suggestion, but it doesn't really come up, which is strange because their plan is to fly up to where the mountain dwelling leader is. So they know to fly upward to that guy, right. but not upward above the landmine. No, you can't do that. They split up for no reason. So half the team, which I think includes Zek and Jason... And um, Anja, and Zek and Anja kind of flirt. Ooh. They're on Ooh. ground going through the heavily booby-trapped forest. No reason. They all meet at the place. So why did they do it? I don't know. They go there immediately. They all get captured by the leader of the mountain people. <laughs> and mountain dwellers. Um, don't be racist about it. It's mountain dwellers. <laughs> they find out that Lil' Kim, or whatever his name is, <laughs> um, from earlier when he was randomly in the book. Through conversation, Lil' Kim comes up. Both sides are like, hey, I get my weapons from Lil' Kim. They're like, hey, we get our weapons from Lil' Kim. Oh, no, Lil' Kim. I don't even think that's his real name. But Lil, Lil Met, you said. <laughs> I like Lil' Kim better. So, <laughs> little bit. <laughs> little bit. So, Lil' Bit, um, they don't like this guy. Both sides are like, hey, we have something in common. End of book. <laughs> well, they did what? it. They solved it. They solved it, and I think it's Jason that makes some speech, which is like, it's always see, Jason. you guys do have something in common. And then they're like, I'm hungry, and they fly back to Yavin 4, and they eat dinner or something. Like a Redwall book, and they all eat, and they sing songs. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right, like a Tolkien book. So, now, there's a twist ending. By the way, the whole time, Anja is just doing drugs. Anytime she can get away, she does drugs, and it just describes how amazing she feels afterwards. So you're thinking, oh, well, finally she's going to overdose or something. Well, on their way back, and they're like, Anja, you showed a lot of skills out there today. You should be a young Jedi Knight, which is the name of the book series. Does she use the Force? Nah. Okay. She has a lightsaber, though. They're like, you already mm -hmm. have half the battle. All right. Zach, you'll find one someday. That's all it takes to be a Jedi. Ooh, by the way, Tenor... <laughs> Tenel Ka, Ka has a Rancor Tooth lightsaber. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Oh, wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. That's the thing I like. Yeah. So, um, She's not bad. Positivity. She somehow convenes with Supreme Leader Christophe and he's like, hey, are you still my bro? And she's like, totally, bro. And guess what? Now I'm going to be a young Jedi Knight, and I'll have oh, plenty no. of opportunities to kill them all, oh, which no. she has had at every opportunity that she's ever been in the book. So that's how it ends with the twist ending. Uh, any questions? Are you, gonna get book, are, you, are you going to get book 13 to find out what she does? No. <laughs> you know what? Should I? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. I'll do you it. I'll find this, it. This yeah, is your, this is your baby. Okay, I'll do the trilogy. I'll do the next two. Um, it is a quick read. I read almost all of it today. So yeah, it, it's pretty short. It's two hundred pages, but one, 
before we continue, I, I just okay. want oh. I just want to read this to you and see if this changes your mind and, and entices you to buy the next book. Okay. Oh, I think I know you're gonna trouble read. on Cloud City. Mm-hmm. Lando, this is this is for the sneak preview of the next adventure. Adventure so at the end of the Jedi. book, you get a little synopsis of the next one. Lando Calrissian offers the young Jedi Knights a rare opportunity: a vacation on Cloud City. Wait, say that again? He offers a... What? Yeah. Lando Calrissian offers the Young Jedi Knights a rare opportunity, a vacation on Cloud City. How is this rare? This stinking book series is all like Dad <laughs> taking a road trip and Lando taking vacations. They jump at the chance as long as their new friend, the mysterious Anja Galandro, can come along. This is the worst trash. Okay. Yeah, so... So more broing out Anja's on Star Wars planets. plan, apparently, so... Good gravy. It goes much deeper than simple revenge. Okay, that's what it says. It's again. never just revenge. No. <laughs> Do you know what's... A, I talked about the character. Do you want to know a better thing? Do you guys okay. want to know... Um, are, are you curious to know what Org Mantel is like as a planet? We heard Han talk about it. I've been there. Were there the designs on Org Mantel? <laughs> <laughs> you get about as much description. Here is the only description you get of Org Mantel. Now, keep in mind, the entire time you're talking about the Org Mantelian sky and the Org Mantelian water and wine. Here's your introduction. Orb Mantel was a bland planet of average size with average gravity and an average atmosphere. Its topography showed the usual landscape variations. Mountain, forest, and swamp. Wow. Skines of clouds embroidered Skines. white patterns in the sky below. However, for orbital convenience and launching orbital maneuvers, convenience. much of the equatorial band across the continents had been settled and converted into spaceports. Uh, so average, average, average... So it's like being normal, on Earth. usual. Well, the, the, my question is: <laughs> a normal place. Did they do that intentionally so that the young adult reading this book could kind of put them? So they, they, it was they're given a blank canvas so they could put themselves in their average lives, my imagination, their average middle class family. My imagination was so much better when I was younger than it is now. Like mm-hmm. seriously, reading a book like that, I would have a picture in my head of what it would be. Whereas now I, I need here's more. The thing, good actually. Here's the thing. That is the kind of thing that would be in like an Lemony Snicket book, right? Yeah. That kind of whimsical description of just everything being average and boring. I like that kind of thing. But in this book, the style is not like that yeah. at all. No, it's it's you completely... do have spilled guts and drug taking. Yeah, that's true. They could probably spend a second <laughs> exactly. on the... It's this the is most... basically like the Wire novelization. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a little flattering. The, the thing at the end about Lobaka's ship makes me think that like their editor read it for the first time is like uh hey uh, there's a plot hole that his ship is still on the planet we found like, the one plot hole. like oh we'll just uh we'll just throw a line in there han will go get it so much of this book like oh my gosh guys i forgot to tell you my absolute favorite slash least favorite part of this book mm. okay everyone's captured by ellis who is the leader of the mountaineers <laughs> and um so this is like at page 200 the book's almost over at this point so anja they're they're at the mountaineer house and she's like hey i know that guy over there his name's protoss he's my best friend from childhood new character as if we need another one of those right so they're like bros now that farm village is totally empty because they're all here Let's go back and bomb it so we can finally put this war to an end. Because oh, we hate that bombing. Enos guy who's always like, everything is so sad and terrible all the time. So it just says, so they snuck out and snuck back to the place. Which they've established is almost impossible to do because of the landmines. Right, land now it's really there. impossible because they don't have the ship. Right. Well, they just do because the book is b- lazy. Because they need to get there, yeah. Because the guy's like, I got to write three more books in the series. <laughs> so they go there. They're all planting bombs around this little farm village. And um, 
so Andre and Protus are just like broing out, <laughs> being like, "Hey, bro, isn't it fun planting bombs and killing people?" And they're like, "Totally." So Anja plants a bomb on this Enos's guys. Did she ever start a club? <laughs> she did. They called it uh, Candy Club. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she plants a bomb right on um, Enos's doorstep. I guess in case for some reason Ellis didn't kill them, she'd be like, "When they come back, it's gonna be hilarious when he tries to go home." And he blows up when he's stepping on his doormat. As she's planning it, she looks in his house and sees how depressing and sad it is and feels a little bad, but she does it anyway. And they go back to planting bombs. Protoss is then like, hey, I got one last bomb. I want to plant. So he goes over to plant a bomb in the same place, and she's like, no, wait! And then he blows up and dies. <laughs> End of his character. <laughs> he's gone. Just because he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so that's the book. Yeah, it's really, really bad. It's really good. I liked it. Say something. I want you to end. We should end all of these on something nice. Ooh, I oh, think okay. I wrote something. I, I'm pretty sure I wrote thing I like. Ooh, okay. Can I let do one last nitpick or one yeah, last question? Yeah, no. I, as long I think we should just end on a high note because okay. we like because we like Star Wars. Before the just high like note, Anja. my problem was I wasn't actually looking at my notes the entire time, and now I actually am. So, my last criticism, Tenelka says. I had plenty of experience with political intrigues in the tough environment of the royal house of. Hapes. Oh, yeah, Hapes. The Hapes cluster. Is it called Hapes? Yeah, Hapes. That's a dumb name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I was like, it's either I, that or Happies. I guess maybe it's pronounced Hapes. I thought it was maybe Hapies because, like, it could be, in Wonder Woman, it's spelled Antiope, but it's Antiope. Right. right. But House of Happies I, is possible. equally bad. When I was young, I always read it as Hapes. House it, of Hapes. But it could be Hapies or. Hapes cluster sounds better, doesn't it? Sounds like herpes. Yeah. So I say no (laughs) anyway. So the thing I like, the rock dragon ship, which is Zach and Loey and (laughs) MC3D2000, they're all in this ship. They win the race. Um, (laughs) And it said at the end of the race, this is how descriptive this book is. It says, at the end of the race, there was one time that was higher than all the other times. That one was the winner. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's how it describes That's bad. It. <laughs> That's very bad. So it, it does say that the losers of the race in the town felt like the young Jedi Knights cheated because they used the force during the race. And so there was tension there because mm. everyone was like, these guys joined the race and then they cheated by using the force. That's I true. thought that was an interesting yeah. little bit of mythological detail because would that be almost like if um, Tom Brady prays before a game and the, and the opposing team was like, hey, that was cheating. He prayed beforehand. I, I suppose if he, if like God specifically says before the game, hey guys, I'm only listening to Tom Brady. Hey bros. And then he goes ahead and prays anyway. Right. So that was, that, that was interesting. I was yeah. like, oh, there's, there's people that don't believe or that do believe in it and feel like, hey, that's kind of like cheap that they use yeah. the force. So. Anyway, that that's that's something that I liked, and it was literally the next sentence was, but they soon got over it, and everything was fine. So it was not really a point of... Oh, so they were like, hey, we're all bros. Yeah, so they were we, like, hey, we we're all chill a bunch bros. of chill bros. Everything's going to be cool here on Ormento. <laughs> well, Jake, is, are there any last words that you have about this book? Are you... Uh... You know, if readers are wanting to read along with the series, it might be more fun with you, so you can actually have some kind of catharsis after reading it. Tweet, tweet at Jake, and he'll send you the book in the mail. <laughs> you know what? If you do that, I will do it. So if you want to read the next one before you... our next record, and, and it'll be a while before we, we do it probably. Cause, yeah, we um, got Isaac and I both have to do stuff. Because these other guys um, are going to talk... <laughs> If you can believe it. 
Star Wars yeah. Young Jedi Knights Trouble on Cloud City is the next book in the series. So if you want to follow <laughs> along with it, they are really quick reads. I'm kind of excited for this one. It's, I'm very excited. I'm glad that you guys enjoyed the, me describing this book. I'm pretty sure the bonus episodes are going to be more fun than the <laughs> actual episodes. Yeah, they might be. For us, wild, wild, wild West so, book club we're going to have As here. a teaser for next week, though, who is finished or is going to be finishing their homework and talking about their next project? I, uh, Isaac, you're reading like basically a yeah, pop-up book. Yeah, for Isaac's project. kind of cheating <laughs> reading comic books. I'm basically going to look at a... He grabbed If a Mouse Ate a Cookie. Or I'm going to look a at cookie. a Star Wars poster for five minutes. I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm going to read the uh, Star Wars Legacy comic series from uh, about 10 years ago. So that's my little <laughs> I read a kid's book. He's reading a comic. Really challenging ourselves here as adults. I'm reading readers. a kid's book as well. The the Jedi Prince series of books. Oh, is this one with the whales? Oh, yes. And I, I, I think I'm going to just talk about all of them because there's, okay. there's six books in the series. That's a lot. And you can read them in about probably the same time you read Ord Mantell. Oh, really? They're very short. You know so okay. I'm just going to talk Let's about talk about this live on the air. Let's uh, show plan. Do you remember the Jedi Apprentice series, like the kids' chapter I books? I loved those yeah. so much. I kind of want to revisit those now that we, Jake has been talking is that the about one, I got a bunch of them downstairs. Isn't Obi that one that's, that's kind of like the oath say, of the Jedi or like to be a Jedi? And those are kind of like... It's Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Yeah. 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 Oh, that I was think, my stuff. You know what, listeners? Xanatos. Guys, I lied. I did read the Expanded Universe. I read, <laughs> you read those? the Jedi I Apprentice series. I think maybe that's... If, we, if we're all going to read kids' books, I might as well join in the fun, too. So maybe that's what I'll switch to. I got a bunch downstairs. We're already watching kids' movies. Yeah. Riley's the supplier. I'm like the Anja. You're like Anja. Yes, I'm the spice I'm supplier. Anja yeah. Mayalu. And I'm going to take the drugs and I'm going to like it. So, for another slightly less delicately curated long form discussion <laughs> yeah, no of the kidding. actually love a Star Wars saga, this has been your uh, modernly tailored Jake, who's talked about <laughs> the return to Ord Mantell lovingly in this weekly increment. So, we'll see you next time when Isaac On or Survivor. Riley is going to be talking about some other kids book we're going to read because that's what adults do so uh this this was your host jake hey and just riling guys we're here as well all right bye guys bye (laughs) did you guys actually think that was fun i don't know that was great i felt really bad just talking for i didn't realize you actually wanted me to do that I saw Lil Bow Wow once <laughs> when I was getting my braces on. We sure went to we went to the same. He's from Columbus. We went to the Is same. That true? Yeah, we went to the same. Yeah, he's from Orthodox. We went to the same orthodontist. That's crazy. <laughs> he had a whole TV show. Yeah. Or that was that Little Romeo. I think Little Romeo. Are you had guys a like TV the, show. How old is Bow Wow? Bow Wow is about my age. Probably okay. yeah. the same age. Yeah. Wow. So. Well, Bow Wow, please come on the show. We'd yeah. love to talk to you about I Star Wars you and your Collins. teeth. Six one four, born and bred. Come on. <laughs> That's a reference that only six <laughs> listeners will understand. Columbus, and we yeah. only have seven, so. Um, okay. Well, Black Sun's a bad organization. I guess so, Sketchy. but the Black Sun insignia like saying came... you're a gaudy. <laughs> sure. I don't get that. Me neither. Like the Gotti family, the mafia. John Gotti? Is that a... He's a big mob guy. Do you guys Is that in... What what episode is that in? That is real life episode. Oh, I don't. <laughs> what I don't, episode of real life is I that? I don't understand real life references. Okay, just go check. I'm. <laughs> would that be like him I'm saying done trying like, to connect with you nerds? <laughs> is that like ISIS? If he was like, I don't want her to find out that I'm an ISIS. But the ISIS insignia appeared on the creature no, it, after she killed him. They're not the ISIS. They're the Gotti family. Sure. Oh, we all know that. Oh, well, now we know the Gotti's. <laughs> Isaac, have you heard about the Gotti's? Probably not. You're a huge nerd. So. There's-